Hello everyone and Happy New Year. Welcome back to another episode of the Heavy Mats Podcast. The year's 2022. 2021 is behind us and I'm here today um, <clears throat> with an, doing a, an interview solo. Uh, you may remember the last interview I did was with a band called uh, Awe from Sydney, Australia. Today I'm joined by another band from Sydney, Australia and the band is called Yano Mamo and I'm joined by Jason um, who's with me in Sydney. Jason, Thank you for joining me on this, uh, well, miserable morning here. I'm sure it's very nice in Australia, is it? <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for having me, Joey. Um, yeah, it's hot as fuck here. Like, just been the last week sweating my fucking ass off. Like, Good. humid and horrible and, yeah, sh- raining and, yeah, it's been awful. <laughs> well, well, we're, I've spent the last week in pissing rain, so I don't feel sorry for you <laughs> at all. Um <laughs> So cool. So Jason, uh, Yano Mamo is is the name of your band. Yeah. Um, you reached out to me um, by email and saying check us out, which I yeah. duly did, and here we are now. So Yano Mamo, first of all, the name, where's it come from, and what does it mean? So um, to go right back, so we've been around for about eleven years, and to go back when we were putting the band together. Um, our original singer um, and I had a mutual interest in like old B-grade horror films, okay. uh, and we were particular particular fans of an old film called Cannibal Holocaust. Yes, um, and in that movie, the tribe were an indigenous tribe from the Amazon called the Anamamo. Okay, um, so he and yeah, like we were just we we jammed a couple of times, and we were about to record, and we're sort of trying to come up with a name and. I honestly didn't give a shit about the name. I just wanted to play the music and he just said, oh, what about Yanomamo? And I, at first I thought it was like something Japanese. I had no idea what it was. And then I was like, and he goes, you remember Hannibal Holocaust? I'm like, oh, of course. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Let's do that. Like, you know, not many bands start with the letter Y and it sounds different and people have trouble pronouncing it, so it's perfect. <laughs> it's, it's great to have a, a band who takes stuff from films or pieces of art and stuff like that. You don't really see it much these days. Um, yeah, so yeah we nice have a backstory. Yeah, we've always been sort of influenced by that sort of stuff, and you know, like even watching those old, old horror films sometimes, like just you hear the soundtrack and you you think, oh, that's a really cool sort of chord progression they've used in the soundtrack, and you you know you kind of go off and you kind of use that and transform it into something else. But yeah, I do that all the time. Like I'm influenced by everything. Okay, very interesting. And yeah. you're so so are you the main songwriter, Jason. In the um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've probably written most of the stuff. Like um, we've had, so there's two original members of the band left, me and our bass player, Clarence. Um, we've had two singers and like six drummers. <laughs> um, we, yeah, it's just like every band has a, has a member they can't hold on to and for us it's always been drummers. Luckily we've always had, um, we've always been able to replace our drummers very easily. Um, our last drummer, Jack, who is in another, he's a crazy talented guy. He's in another Australian band called Burial Pit and he plays guitar in that. And that's his, you heard of those guys? I'm actually speaking to him next week. Uh, are you talking to Jack? <laughs> uh, I don't know who I'm talking to yet. So oh, actually, it might, is, yeah, it is Jack. Yeah, it is Jack. Yeah. So Jack's our old drummer. Right. Uh, and when he, he's from Melbourne originally, when he moved to Sydney, we were looking for a drummer. And he contact uh, 
I think he had an ad like out and I contacted him and said, oh, you know, and he's like, oh, I was listening to you guys yesterday and we jammed and it just gelled and he joined the band and he was with us for a solid, like almost five years, I think. Um, and he's a, he's one of these multi-talented, freakish musicians, right? So he plays drums. annoying people plays, who can do everything. Yeah, yeah, annoying <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> um, so when he came on board, he... Um, so he and I then kind of became the main songwriters and he, um, he, we worked in different ways. He would present completed songs, which was great. And I, I, I tend to present more pieces and ideas and then like to jam them out. But um, yeah, when Jack was in the band, it was fantastic um, to have that. And, and our bass player, Clarence, writes a few songs here and there. Um, but I'll say the lion's share of our um, catalogue was written by, mainly by me jamming out with the band but um our last ep jack wrote three of the songs and i wrote one of them um but yeah yeah i guess i've we've got a bunch of new stuff and i've written like seven new songs um and i know tyron said he's got three and he keeps promising to send them through but never does but you know we'll get around to it <laughs> yeah there's a, there's because a, obviously um well first of all let's talk about the music because you uh-huh. i know you have your um hands in a fair few pies in the, the music scene. So musically for Yana Mo, Ma, <laughs> Yano, <laughs> Mamo, I, um, it, you, you describe it as sludge doom. And yeah. certainly when I listened to it, um, a few bands that sprung to mind from my, my end were an English band called Raging Speedhorn. I'm not sure if you've heard of them uh, before. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, but also there's a lot of that um, no LA sort of bands like I Hate God, um, oh, yeah. Crowbar, uh, down to an extent. Would that yeah. be sort of a fair assessment of your, for people who've not heard you before, would that yeah, be a fair yeah, assessment? Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, you know, when, when, when I formed the band, I just, I just wanted to be an Iron Monkey, basically. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I've been a fan of Iron Monkey for so 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 long. So I went, I went, and you know I used to just jam along to their songs at home. And um, so when I when sort of kicked this band off, what I what I had in my head was like a cross between um, Bongzilla and Iron Monkey. So that real stonery metal, but with the aggression of Iron Monkey, because um, that's all, that's kind of what blew me away about Iron Monkey was just you know they were heavy and groovy as fuck but the aggression that came through in the music was just you know it was palpable you could hear it in johnny's voice you could hear it in um in the drums and the guitar riffs and stuff um and i think even though i think our bands changed a lot over the years as particularly as i've gotten better as a songwriter and a guitar player but i think we've always been able to maintain that aggression um and you know i've had people say to us that you know, it, it you guys are almost you, you have a hardcore element to it and that probably comes from, you know, me growing up just being obsessed with bands like Dead Kennedys and Black Flag and stuff um, and never really being that metal guy that got into, like, always appreciated bands like Slayer, but they're not the kind of band I would sit down and listen to and or Metallica yeah. or something like that. So I've always come from that kind of punk hardcore background rather from the metal background. But, um, you know, as soon as I heard started to hear bands like I Hate God and Iron Monkey in the 90s, I was just like, Oh, that's that's the sound. That's that's for me. This is like every a culmination of everything that I love. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I when I listen to now, correct me if I'm wrong. You've won full length EP um, album. Is that right? 
Yeah, one full-length album and a bunch of EPs and singles, yeah. Yeah, so so when I was um, going through your back catalogue, I think the first one is, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, the first EP was Maggot, is that right? Yes, yes. So when I was, I tried to do it in uh, reverse chronological order, so yeah. start at the earliest and work my way forward, yeah. and um, Maggot, especially on the song uh, Baphomet, uh, at the end of it, has the, the bass line is very Sabbathy, which I got yes. out of that, yeah. um, which obviously is fairly linked with that doom scene yeah. but then as as i went through the um uh the, the the albums or eps like uh the riff in knights of malta which is from Cap- capitolo jew yes yep like that's a real that's a real sort of chugger riff in there like yeah yeah tinging on that hardcore and then i was listening to no sympathy for a rat and that album for me or EP, whatever you want to call it, yeah. it seems a lot more darker and heavier than the original stuff, especially on, um, sorry, what was the song I was listening to? The Offering. That yeah. snarling vocal is a lot different to your earlier stuff, which I assume is where you're getting this, um, like you said, the hardcore sort of yeah. elements from. So it's interesting because um, our, our singer that we have now, Scotty, who's been on board, who's also the singer in Burial Pit, by the way, Jeez, I should have just done it all at the same time. I've got everyone into a room. (laughs) So, um, so Scotty, uh, Scotty's been with us now for. So he came on board just after Jack joined, and we kicked our old singer out for being a dick. Um, (laughs) Don't sit on the fence with that one, Jason. Right, just say how it is. All right. So, yeah, very, very different. So for me, Tony, the original singer, was he drew a lot from guys like, you know, Johnny Morrow from Iron Monkey because that's kind of where we were coming from. Um, but, so you know, Scotty walked in and he, he's this gigantic human being. He's probably like, you know, six foot three and 105 kilos. And he walked in and he's the quiet, despite his size, he's the quietest dude you'll ever meet, you know. And then he walked in, we met him, and he's this kind of shy guy from this small um, coastal town near Sydney and um, we we're like oh so you know let's just have a jam and you throw some lines down over the top so we sort of started jamming on some new stuff we had and he opened his mouth and started singing and we we're just like holy shit um, yeah the man's just he's just a, an absolute monster and he can do the highs he can do the lows he can do the cookie monster he can do whatever the song needs um, and to be honest, when he came in, he came from a background of growing up because he, he's a bit younger than me and uh, Clarence. So he um, he comes from a background of that deathcore um, sort right. of stuff, you know, like, and he was kind of familiar with Sludge and Doom stuff, but he goes, look, I'll be honest with you, you know, that's not my background, but it, it's cool. I like it and I'm, I'm kind of keen to push it a little more. Um, so he, we basically, you know, asked him to join the band on the spot. Um and he did, and it was kind of the best thing we've ever done because he's not just a great vocalist, but he's actually, you know, when I write some music, um, I'll send it to him and I'll be like, you know, sometimes I'll just give a, a song that I write a name, like some dark name, like a new one I've written is called Liar's Remorse, you know, a kind of a pun okay. on Liar's Remorse. Um and I kind of came up with that name because there just seems to be a whole lot of lying going on in the world at the moment, you know, from our leaders and they're shameless about it. And it's like, you know, they're only remorseful when they get caught out. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of do that and I'll send it off to him. So I kind of 
plant a seed in his head about what I think the song's about, and then he writes about that. And his, you know, the lyrical uh, melodies that he comes up with are really great. So it's just it's just been a really great thing for us, and it, it's kind of taken the band. Um, uh, you know, we we started out with that Iron Monkey Bongzilla thing in mind, but um, it's and you can hear through the discography, we're still trying to capture our live sound. You know, that first right. Magnet EP is so raw, and it captured us at a time when we were, you know, when I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do as a guitar player and um, was intimidated by the other guys I was playing with because they were so talented and all this sort of stuff. And then as we've gone through, we've kind of, you know, it's it's morphed. And I think the No Sympathy, Sympathy for a Rad EP is probably the closest we've caught to capturing our live sound. Um, right. And hopefully next time on the, on the new stuff that we're doing, we'll, we'll be able to capture it properly. Um, but yeah, it's just, a, it's, a, it's been a real, it's been 11 years of um, just, as I said, kind of maintain it. For me, the key ingredient in, in what we do is that aggression. Because, you know, when I write stuff, I'm, I'm writing about stuff I'm pissed off about. And, um, and I just, you know, the, the riffs I come up with have a, sometimes I'm not sure if they're going to work. And then as soon as I put a drum beat to them, it kind of clicks and I'm going, yeah, okay, that's cool. That's cool. And it's got to, but it's got to have that kick, that that bite to it, that kind of, I don't know. Maybe it's the thing I got from just listening to years of Black Flag, particularly the My War album. You know, that for me was just so influential in in so many ways. But in particular, like doing doing what you want to do because Black Flag pissed so many people off back in the day with that album. You know, sure. Yeah, you know, they were this hardcore band and then all of a sudden they came out with this album that had these seven, eight-minute songs on it and people were like, what the fuck is this? And they were unapologetic, man. They used to go out and play those songs live and people used to throw shit at them and they were like, fuck, this is what we do, you know? But that's the whole be- That's the whole point of metal, from my point of view. It is such a rebellious totally form agree. of music. Like I remember buying a Iron Maiden T-shirt which said, it had uh, Eddie on the front of Spitfire, and on the back it said "Shoot down the fuckers." Yeah. You know, I was I was eleven or twelve, and I wore it home, and my mum was furious. But it was that rebellious <laughs> thing, which you know, and that's the beauty of this. Like, and especially in this day and age now, metal seems to. Have, I think metal seems to have come almost a full cycle where we've had the last decade or two, three decades of metal, and everyone's ideas not seem to be stale. But bands are now starting to come up with new things. You know, you've got this new uh, black gaze, you've got death gaze, yeah, all these yeah. sub subgenres. And just coming back to your point about the the maggot EP, um, you saying you know it wasn't the sound you liked. I actually really liked that production. Um, I don't want to call it lo-fi because I think that's probably disrespectful to, to to the producer or the way it was recorded. But I think, and especially when the kind of music you're writing, Sludge Doom, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It is notoriously, I only use inverted commas, loose and... Yeah. Oh, you know, that, that that EP is so loose, you know. if I, When I listen back to it now, I'm like, I kind of cringe at some parts of it. Just, you know, you can hear the wrong notes and you can hear um, just so much stuff. But I guess what you're, all, what, I'm all, what you're also hearing when you listen to that is a band that stumbled, you know, four guys that stumbled onto something cool that all got along and wrote this music and just wanted to get it out and were, you know, just really impatient. eager about what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. 
and yeah. you know, eager to just to keep going and find find their way, you know. But that's like most bands that you know the story. Let's just take Nirvana for argument's sake. They just got together, couldn't play their instruments, and ended up releasing like one of the biggest selling alternative albums of all time. That's the beauty yeah, of these yeah. things. Um, <laughs> But I wanted to discuss, because you, you said at the start about band members, you've had a bit of a, seems like a Megadeth revolving door like uh, <laughs> at this stage of uh, members. And uh, I was I was watching um, The Berserker, you know, uh, one of your Australian yep. uh, bands. So I was watching their documentary, the making of their first album, and uh, Luke was signed to Earache, I think, and he flew to Canada to get these musicians that didn't work out, ended up coming back to Australia and found some people who didn't really understand it, but they tried their best. Yeah. Is there is there a lack of, uh, a lack of, not talent, but is there a lack of musicians in Australia for the kind of music that you're playing or the likes of Burial Pit, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a really good question, actually. So especially, you know, Having been sort of doing in in, the, in this kind of underground metal scene in Australia now, I've been doing it for like fifteen years. I was in another band before Yanomamo, um, but um, yeah, it, it is a very. Have you ever been to Australia? I have. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So Australia, Australia. You know, for people that haven't, I guess Australia is very. It's a huge continent, but it's very densely populated around the outside. You know, um, and in yep. the middle is uninhabitable desert. Which will kill you in a heartbeat. Um, so yeah, we're kind of victims of our our geography in a way. In that you know, if we want to go and play a show in the next state, we've got to drive twelve hours. You know, it's not yeah. like in the states yeah. where you drive twelve hours in the states, you can probably go through five states, right? Um, so I guess you have you have uh, you know cities like Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide. And Canberra, which is a very, you know, the nation's capital, very small. It's got a very um, vibrant underground metal scene. You know, some of the Does best, it? yeah, some of the best underground metal bands this country's ever produced come from Canberra. So I'm talking about bands like, uh, you know, Pod People, who were the first Australian band ever signed to Relapse, um, you know, right. 20, 25 years ago. Um, so yeah, you know, check check out bands like Pod People, and they're, they're just prolific. And the guys from Canberra, you know, they're in seven or eight different bands at a time, and all these bands are just like top shelf. You know what what I would call world class bands. You know, if you put these bands on the European festival circuit for like a summer, they would end up headlining them. You know, they're just that good. Um, yeah. So I guess there, and and you know, you come to the Sydney scene, and kind of it's a it's sort of situation where everyone knows everyone or knows of everyone. So, you know, when a band is looking for a band member, um, the call sort of goes out, um, uh, you know, and we found our, our latest drummer, Brendan, who's been with us when for probably six months now. Um, he was in another band called Hawk Moth. So we knew him and um, when I was just sitting at home one day trying to find a new drummer, I was like, oh, Hawkmoth split up. Maybe I'll just shoot Brendan a message. So I shot him a message and he was like, oh, man, you know what? I was just thinking yesterday I should get back into a heavy band. Let's jam. And, you know, we had we jammed for 20 minutes and I just looked around and said, dude, you want to be in the band? And he's like, yeah, fucking oath. <laughs> nice, <laughs> like, nice. It just that's, that's the kind of scene it is here where, you know, you 
you know people you know of people and you just kind of say to them you know you are you interested let's have a hit and if it works out everyone's cool you know um yeah it sounds like to me um from what i'm reading from you it's not a massive pool of no definitely people, not. but it seems like there's a lot of people like you said uh, jack and scott from burial pit who are linking in with you guys yeah. um i was speaking to mark and matt from or the other day yeah. and yeah. i think can't remember if one of them was in another band and sort of like sharing but that i mean that's yeah. really nice to see um and i suppose that's sort of like a community you've got in australia because yeah it is. you are right you are right that um like if you had these bands going on to the european tours they would get a lot more uh attention and the fact that you are bloody thousands of miles on the other side of the world i like, you to, call it, to, re- I like to call it the ass end of the world <laughs> but you, you, you know, you have to rely on your community in in yeah. Australia, and and you know, we we've got bands here that have gone over and done the the European festivals, circuits, and stuff, um, and it just costs them. You know, they come back and they're yeah. like thirty grand in debt. You know, yeah. it's and it's great they get exposure and they get known, but you know, at a personal level, it, it it's taxing. You know, yeah, I mean, the only two that I can think of at as we sit here today, that could do that would be from Australia. Well, the first one's contentious whether they're Australian or not is ACDC. Um, <laughs> but we won't get into that today. Um, and the other one's Parkway Drive. Like, they're the oh, two uh, ones. Yeah, that, you, know, you know, I, I recently watched the Parkway Drive documentary. Have you seen that? It, it's brilliant. Oh, man. And, you know, um, they come, so they come from Byron Bay, which is quite an affluent area on the north coast of New South Wales. Um and you know the the, the metalcore thing wasn't something I ever got into, but um, sure. anything to do with a music documentary doesn't matter what band it is, I'll watch it because I just love the details, the intricacies of these people's careers, right? So I tuned into the Parkway Drive one, and by the end of it, I was like cheering for them, you know, like yeah, you know, they just did so well, and and they and they they did what I said, you know, they went to the circuit, and then at the end of it, they were headlining, you know, these enormous festivals and just. Well, they headlined Wacken in Germany, yeah. which is like yeah. the biggest metal festival in Europe, which sort of surprised me because Wacken is was notoriously a not a mainstream band festival, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, my girlfriend's actually German, so um, and oh, she, yeah. you know, everyone from Germany knows about Wacken and stuff. And um, you know, when I looked at the, her brother-in-law, knows one of the guys that who's involved with putting it on and um oh, right. i was talking to them about it and blah, blah blah and and you know and then i checked out some of the bills and you know there's a whole there's like pirate metal and viking metal and you know all this crazy like proper underground shit which is awesome you know um but yeah for, for an australian band to headline that that's that's like crazy and and like you said you're not into metalcore fair enough like everyone in everyone in metal has their genre that they don't like yeah you, you know, know it's not that um i oh, know this isn't a, this isn't me saying to you, you no, know, no, this, no, 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 no i totally get that it's just like i just want to qualify it saying and i always do say this to people it's just like you know music these days is so readily available mm-hmm. um that it's just hard to listen to yeah as you know growing up if you got a tape or an album or something you would listen to that thing until the tape wore out or you know the record couldn't be played anymore 
And yeah, you know, these days you've got, you know, it's just like at your fingertips. Yeah. And, you know, like when I was watching the Parkway thing, I was, you know, there were riffs that I've heard that were fucking great, you know. Um, but just, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm 50 years old, so I kind of, um, I kind of missed that whole metalcore wave, you know. I kind of, I remember the new metal thing, which kind of turned me off a bit. Um, and I guess, you know, stuff like new metal kind of made me retreat back to my safe spaces of, Thin Lizzy and Kiss and you know all the old shit I listened to growing up. <laughs> like, you sound you're you're really sounding like a stubborn old man right now. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know everyone has their comfort music, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But no, it's it's like it's it's great to hear that you're actually you know you were cheering from at the end, and you know one being from Australia, but two also it's not the the music that you would readily put on. Like <laughs> for example. I love black metal. Um, you know, that's my sort of go-to. Yep. But I've seen Parkway Drive numerous times and are one of the most energetic and fun bands and they write the most hooky riffs and yeah. sing-along choruses of any band. And it's just nice to see that you're sit- rooting for the guys as well and yeah. you're not, you're not like, being bitter about them sort of being successful because they're oh, playing metalcore. And I, you know, I know those guys have been around for a long time, you know, busting their asses and, you know, sleeping on floors and all that sort of shit. They deserve yeah. every accolade and every good thing that's ever happened to them. You know, those guys, you know, I can't, you can't help but cheer for something like that, you know? It's, it's really nice to hear that, Jason, to be honest, like, it's nice. Um, so your sister's brother knows the guy at Wacken. Have you got an oh, invite to play I, next I, year? Uh, or your girlfriend? Uh, yeah, my girlfriend's uh, brother-in-law, yeah. Uh, uh, look, you know, we've had some interest to play in Japan and New Zealand and stuff. Like, um, it's hard, you know. We've, we've, we've all got kids and families and stuff. Yeah. Um, Scott's just had a – Scott's wife's just had a baby. He's got, like, a six-month-old daughter. Um, I've got an 11-year-old son. Clarence has got two young girls. Um, it's just hard, man, you know, like – and we've been yeah. doing this 11 years now, so it's kind of at the point where, uh, you know, we've done tours of Australia supporting, like, Conan and, um, you know, Black Cobra and Jucifer. And, you know, sleeping on floors when you're 50 years old, man, is, is really <laughs> hard. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah, some, some of the lust has gone off that, that kind of lifestyle, you know. Um, but, you know, if, if someone said, you know, if, if we could get, to Europe and do it, I do it in a heartbeat because, you know, and I've always said this about being in a band. For me, it's it's not about, it's definitely not about making money because fuck, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's about experiences for me, you know, like, you know, yeah. the fact it's it still blows my mind that, you know, I wake up in the morning, I got a notification on my phone that someone in Israel's bought a copy of the album and they want a T-shirt as well. And I'm like, fuck, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's wild to me and things like that little things like that that's what makes it worthwhile for me you know um and as long as i keep getting those notifications on my phone that people want to hear our music and buy our stuff then i'll keep doing it you know um and look this is one of the reasons why me and venny set up this podcast was one because of our love of metal and yeah. you know to review bands but also to give like underground bands the the exposure like this you know to to get it out there because the mainstream bands 
you know, like Metallica, Maiden, Slipknot, they don't need any help. You know, they're, they're nah. well set. Even yeah. during this pandemic, they're, you know, they're fine. But like, this is why we want to do it is we want to give as much exposure to bands, you know. And I've really zoned in on the Australian scene recently. Since yeah. I heard um, or I then heard uh, Burial Pit, yeah. uh, had our more. Oh, um, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're label mates with Huddle Moore at the moment. So we're on Blighttown. Is there anyone you don't know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing about, like, you know, bands in Australia, like, you know, our, my band and Huddle Moore, and we're very different bands, you know, but we, yeah. we've played shows together, you know. Um, and, you know, anytime Huddle Moore asks us to play a show, I'm like, absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, those guys, fuck. Talk about, you know, good musicians in underground metal. Fuck those guys, man. Seriously. That new EP's wicked. Oh, you stand there and you watch these guys play and you're like, holy fuck. You know? Like, yeah. And this is what I'm loving. It makes me want to quit guitar when I watch guys like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> um, but no, this is what I mean. Like, Australia is always... Like, when I spoke to the guys in all, Mark and Matt... Was saying like Europe and and the states is obviously rife with bands. You know, if you yeah. even if you just look at like America alone, you know, you can name Slayer, Machine Head, Megadeth, Slipknot, etc., etc. UK, we've got Maiden, um, Saxon. The list goes on. Yeah, but Australia, yeah. like I said earlier, was only really ACDC and Parkway Drive, um, and it's great now that I. I actually want to do, and I was speaking to the guys from all, I want to do some sort of um, feature on Australia and the underground metal scene. Yeah, amazing. I, th- I think it needs to, I, I personally think there's a lot of unhidden gems. Sorry, uh, a lot of, yeah, unhidden gems in there. So yeah. um, hopefully there's something we can look at in the future. But anyway, um, I forgot what my point was then. You mentioned New Zealand. Oh, and I wanted to say about Ulcerate um, from New Zealand. That... Um, did you listen to that record? Stand, is it their last album? Stare into the death and be still. Ultimate no. from New Zealand. All right, no. okay. Um, no, sorry, that was the only New Zealand band I could think of when you said that. But um, if you want some heavy listening, that's an album to go yeah, to. Yeah, cool. Um, there's a band that from uh, got a really shit memory. Um, Beast Wars from New Zealand are very, okay. yeah, very, very popular. Yeah, they even had. Their last, so you know, they're they're a band that comes to Sydney, and um, you know, Nate the drummer I know quite well, and he'll call us up and ask us to play with them. But like, I think their last album like charted in the top ten in New Zealand. Wow! Um, and this is a totally underground band, you know, like, but that that kind of sums up New Zealand as well. New Zealand love their, you know, any anything that's New Zealand born, you know, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and they do really well. Like, they're just like a a kind of doomy rock band from New Zealand and they fucking kill it. Like Beast Wars, yeah? Yeah, Beast Wars, yeah. Okay, check really. them out then. Um, um, so coming on then to your, you run a record label, am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah very small and, kind of deal. Uh, uh, Iomium Records? Iomium Records, yeah, so obviously... Um, you weren't just content with Yanomomo being awkward to say. You then had to put a <laughs> yeah. fucking record label. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. So the background to the name is: so there were um, a scientist about ten years ago discovered a couple of new elements, um, and he wanted. He was a metal fan, 
and he wanted to call one of them Lemium after Lemmy, and he wanted to call the other one Iomi after Tony Iomi. Anyway, that that obviously didn't happen. They didn't accept that. But when I read the story, the the two names always stuck in my head. Um, And I always wanted to do a, a label. I thought about it for ages. And it actually came about because when we did the album Neither Man Nor Beast, which, by the way, will be the only ever full-length album that Yanomamo ever does because I don't like that format. Um, okay. Particularly... Much that, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think, you know, music like ours is better in 20 to 30-minute hits. You know, I think any longer than that and, you know, particularly these days people have a shortened attention span, so I'd rather just hit them with, you know, bursts of music in that thing. Anyway, um so we were talking to, I was talking to a couple of labels who were interested because they'd heard our back catalogue and I was like, hey, we're doing this album. Um, and we kind of got dicked around a bit, you know, like people were like, oh, yeah, we might be if you do this or, you know, blah, 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 blah. And in the end, I said to the guys, Man, you know what, I'm, fu- I'm sick of this. I don't want to pander to people. If they want to do it, they want to do it. And I said, you know what, I've been thinking of starting a label for a while. Let's just record the album. I'll put it out on Iomium Records, that's what I'll call it, and we'll go from there. So I guess my idea of running a label came a little bit out of necessity. I was just like, fuck, I don't want to be involved with this nonsense, so I just want to put this out. Uh, and then once I did that, I kind of, I was kind of like, well, what do I want to do with this label, right? Um, and the whole idea of the label is to... It's a way of giving back to the, I guess, to the scene. Um, and what I, 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 by no means, it's a one-man show, so I do everything. Um, um, it's never going to be a prolific thing where I'm pumping out like six or seven bands a year. You know, I want to do niche stuff. Like I've, I've done cassettes so far. I've done a couple of um, Yanomamo things on vinyl. Um, oh, cool. I did, a, I did a Melbourne. So I did the uh, Slomatics Yanomamo split on vinyl. Um, I did the, a band from Melbourne called Warp. Um, I did their uh, Pete, who Pete from a band in Sydney called Sameru, who runs a label called Brilliant Emperor. He contacted me and he goes, "Oh, look, this band's not for me for my label because he does like the black metal stuff." Um, but I think it'll be right up your alley. And I listened to it and like halfway through the first song, I was kind of like, "Yep." And I contacted them and said, "Look." want to do a run of cassettes and they were like fuck blown away absolutely let's do it um that sold out in like a month um i did 50 cassettes um but i was shipping them to you know like norway and um south america and what i discovered by doing that was there's this insane tape underground tape scene yeah and i I knew tapes were making a comeback because the the maggot ep that we did 11 years ago we only ever released on cassette and we did it back then, and, and our singer then wanted to do it because he, you know, he he was quite an agitator, and he goes, you know, it'll piss people off. People will be asking for CDs, and then we'll be like, no, you can only have a cassette. Um, and then fast forward, sort of eleven years, what I discovered by doing um, the tape for Warp was there's this crazy want for cassettes. Um, yeah, and which is awesome, you know, and because I I love. Um, and it comes from my childhood. I love the physical aspect of music, you know, the the cassette and the artwork or the vinyl and the gatefold sleeve and the lyrics sheet and the, um, 
the credits and, you know, this band uses these guitars and these drum kits, the whole thing, you know. It's not just the music, but it's this stuff that goes with it. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know where my tape deck's gone. I actually have a tape deck um, <laughs> somewhere behind there, but like you can see the vinyl stuff. And yeah. we, we often talk about on the show is with the digital streaming, it's a two twofold. Like one, bands don't get the money anymore that they should. But two, it does give you the option to find loads of new music at the same time. Yeah. For me, for me um, personally, when we do the podcast, you know, we, um, you know, we get um, offered guest passes, and you know, but we like to support bands. You know, if we put our money where our mouth is, if we like something, yeah. we buy it. Hence, why I have all these records sat behind me. I have a uh, wardrobe full of CDs there. Yeah. But I just want to come back quickly to um, about you, your full length, and you decide to put it through your record label because. Yeah. Record labels these days, well, actually, throughout the whole probably music, they don't really seem to have the interest of the artist at heart. Mm. And you are, so the record label will say, right here, Jason, here's $1,000, whatever, go record your album. So that includes you, you know, get the production and everything. But at the same time, they've got you by the testicles, to be honest, yeah. because yeah. if, you know, you've got time, um, you know, targets hit, et cetera, et cetera. So having that, doing it in your own self or by yourself, sorry, yeah. obviously the time isn't an issue. But on the flip side, you are putting your own money into yeah. the likes of your, I assume you're paying for studio time, um, producers, uh, mastering, mixing. And then on top of that, you've got designing, printing the yeah. uh, album covers and all this stuff. So I, I'm just interested to hear from your point of view and more from a monetary side, Yep. how it affects you running your own label. Yeah, so definitely the Yanomamo stuff, it, it covers all of those costs that you talk about. And, um, you know, we were, I was fortunate enough to meet Luke from Blighttown who put out our last EP, so I didn't have to worry about any of that. He covered all that. Um, but for, I guess, when I do other band stuff, um, it's more a fact of I find out that, and, and it's from knowing kind of people in the scene as well. And you get in touch with the band and you say, hey, I really like your stuff. And they're, they're about to do a, for example, Sundowner from Adelaide who are a really great sludge band here. Um, I I know Mark Page, their guitarist, quite well um, from playing in Adelaide and stuff. And I found out he was in this band and I heard it and he sort of sent me a release of it and I was just like, fuck, this is awesome. I want to do, I want to help you guys out. And for me, that's what the label's about. It's about as I said before, giving back but helping bands just get some exposure. Um, so they, they did they did the vinyl, they paid for the recording and all the mastering and the vinyl release that they did. But I said, hey, look, I know there's a, I talked to him about the underground tape thing and I said, look, I want to do a tape because you're going to reach a whole other audience with the tape and people are going to buy it because it's a, A, because it's a tape and because it's sludge, there's an underground market for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm talking like, you know, based on my experience with the Warp tape, I'm talking like, you know, South America, Israel, Norway, Sweden, you know, other side of the world from Australia. Like, you know, like, um, yeah. and it, you, you're right. It, it, the, the, personally, the financial outlay for me, you know, do, do I make a profit? 
I doubt it. I, I don't really look into it, to be honest. Do I cover my costs? I probably come close and that's fine for me. Um, because I, you know, I, as I said before, I don't play music to make money. And at the same time, I don't do this label to make money either. It's a really, um, I get, like, I get great satisfaction from doing the label, but fuck, I don't make any money from it. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's fair enough. And that's really, you know, great to hear that you are doing that. But at the same time, you do have like, you know, rent, I assume, or mortgage, whatever yeah. to pay. You've got, yeah, I've got stuff, family. So, and, yeah. You know, at some point it has to sort of, you know, balance it up. But so I'm just trying to, so you basically, am I right in saying as the record label, have you anyone actually signed to the label as in, no. Okay, right. So you're. No. So am I right in saying you're sort of like a distributor, sort of go between? Yeah, is that fair to say? It's definitely more of a distro model at the moment. In the fact right. that you know, I don't talk to bands and say, "Hey, you know, jump in the studio. I'll cover this cost." Blah 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 blah. It's more yeah. like, "Hey, I know you've got a release coming out. I really like what you're doing, and I want to help you guys be heard." You know, I want to. You know, how how can I? How can I do something for you guys to get your music out there and help you be heard? And look, you know, you're doing an album. How are you releasing it? Are you doing vinyl? Are you doing CDs? Are you doing tape? Where's the gap I can plug for you to help you out? And do any bands turn around and say, because like obviously record labels, as we said, notoriously about making money, don't really care about the artists. Yeah. When you approach bands sometimes, do they turn, does it, does it sort of seem to them like you're trying to make a profit off them? Do you know what I mean? Sometimes, yeah, like, I, you know, um, I've had a couple, you know, and, and I, I appreciate it. Like, you know, you've got someone coming to you wanting to do something with your art. Um, yeah. And I guess what, you know, the thing I let them know is, hey, look, I'm not, I'm not like a bunch of people. I'm one guy. <laughs> and, I, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm lucky in the fact that I've been in, uh, you know, I've been in the scene for like, 15, 16 years, and I've been in one band that's pretty well known for about 11. Um, so, you know, most people, once I say, you know, what I do and who I am, they, they're they aware of me, you know, um, which is which is nice to have now. Um, but I, I just let them know I'm just straight up with them, you know. I'm one guy. I'm, a, I'm playing this band, you know. I just like helping people out, you know. I wish... 10 years ago, someone would have approached me and asked us to put a tape out and fill the gap and, um, you know, and I think the nice thing is that what, what I'm actually, because because all I ever do is I just, like I said before, I'm not ever going to be prolific just pumping out stuff from bands. I put out stuff that I really like and think people need to hear more of, you know. Um, yeah. And that that's the kicker for me. And as, as long as I keep hearing cool stuff, I'll keep doing it. Um, but, but you're, you're right. You know, your question is a good one around, you know, are bands wary and I, the short answer is yes. And I think they should be, um, you know, because, you know, underground, you know, fuck anyone who wants to take advantage of underground metal bands should just be killed. <laughs> you know, it's just, and I, I, know, I know it's happened before, you know, I know, uh, um, Iron Monkey got fucked over by their, what's that fucking label? The UK one. Earache. Earache, yeah. And they're still making money off Iron Monkey and, you know, Justin Greaves is struggling to pay his rent to this day. Yeah. Um, they get nothing. They're selling hundreds of T-shirts a year with the label on it. And, you know, um, 
to, to me, taking advantage of people in underground metal bands is just, it's unconscionable. There's, there's, um, I don't know if you're on Twitter or social media at all, but, um, yeah. okay, so I'll get you a handle after, but yeah, cool. there's a lot of, um, <clears throat> stuff in there, which really sit, doesn't sit well with me is there'd be like outlets, like for us, for, let's just say heavy matters for argument's sake, um, that are saying, oh, Jason, like if you, if you contact me and say, Jason, uh, Chris, sorry, let's, uh, do you want to interview us? And they're saying, oh yeah, but I mean, it's going to cost you 50 quid or a hundred quid to get it. Yeah, you know, and that's just you fucking wrong. It's all your vinyl and a t-shirt or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and funny actually, cause I was speaking to, um, uh, this, um, upstate records in, in New York and Mario, really nice guy sent me on this EP, uh, yeah. EP of this hardcore band. But anyway, he said, uh, oh, cheers, thanks so much. Um, like, I can send you a CD if you want. And I was like, look, mate, we're, we're not here to, you know, if we like something, we'll buy it, like I said before. But yeah. there's no way, like you said, like if, if someone's coming to you and saying, love what you do, but can, you know, we'll get you in our, I don't know, website or whatever, but you have to pay us 50, 100 quid. Like, fuck that. Like, this is... Like, yeah. and, you, and you are right on that sense. There's a lot of people out there who, you know, not just record labels... No, well, there's the whole there's the whole YouTube thing as well. Apparently, there's some YouTube channel called Stoned Meadow of Doom that that right. charges bands to put their stuff on there. And um, there was a whole thing blew up online about it. I saw a while back. This guy um, can't remember his name, but he was charging bands to put their stuff on YouTube. And then um, you know, if they didn't want to do it, he was kind of harassing them and writing them off online. All this, uh, no. Yeah, just you know, it's just like it's par it's parasitic that sort of stuff. It's like yeah, it just goes against it goes against everything that means anything. Like bands are struggling enough as it is. Yeah, as I said before, it's not like any of us, any of our bands are you know making a lot of money or any money at all. For me, it's a, you know, as I said before, it's about the experience and the fun and the. So anything I, any money I spend on our band, I just view it as an investment, you know, like it's not an investment yeah. that we're going to pay off, but it's an investment in my happiness, <laughs> if that makes <laughs> sense. You know what I mean? Like sure, what, right. Your pension. I, yeah, it's what I love to do and that's, it's my hobby and if it costs me money, it costs me money, you know. I mean, obviously I feel like I should just caveat that previous bit of if your band is promoting something that is, you know, and, and I'm, not going to say it, but you know that sort of. Well, you know the Nazi stuff. I will say it, but like that sort of shit. Then obviously, there's no place for that promotion. I'll just oh, caveat with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I just caveat that before we're, uh, before I'm cancelled. <laughs> um. But just just coming back to your um the point um you made about not doing another full length. Yeah. Very interesting because. I have to admit, when I was when you contacted me and said, "Look, do you want to have a chat?" I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Never heard the band before. Went onto your back catalogue and I saw all these. I mean, I, I don't know how many releases you have on Spotify, yeah. but you know, there was a lot, and I was like, "Shit, I've got like a week to listen to all this." <laughs> and then when I saw the EPs, I was like, "This is great." And also at the same time, it gave me a great um, passage into your revolution as a band. You yeah. know, that starting a maggot all the way up to the full length. Um, and um, Down, I think, Phil Anselmo now actually says he only does EPs because, and I think it's due to the same reason as you've said, 
yeah. people don't have the attention span. And it's funny, um, this, this attempt, uh, the, the, the album length has been something that's been on social media recently. Um, people whinging about 80 plus um, minute albums, you know, double albums, things like that. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, like, okay, so uh, full disclosure here, I made in one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. And when they released um, Senjutsu, their recent one, and yeah. uh, The Book of Souls, yeah. I was like, do I need this Maiden? No. Am I happy with it? Absolutely, because I've got more Maiden, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, at the end of the day, it's all opinionated, this music. Like, if yeah. you don't want to listen to this album, if it's too long, fine, move on. It's not for you. You don't yeah. have to let the world know about it. But I do, I do, on the other flip side, agree that, and this is no disrespect to your scene of music yeah. because Sludge and Doom wouldn't be my first go-to. Um, yeah. But I agree that if you turned to me and said, right, we're doing a double album of Yanomoto, it's going to be an hour and 30 minutes, I would be, Jason, we've just met, but I think that might be a bit much. Yeah. Uh, sit down, let's have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's have a look at Sit in the front of the mirror, have a look at yourself. Yeah, I, I think the thing that's that kind of... I, I, I've been thinking it ever since we kind of did the album and then I think the thing that cemented it for me was we had some lockdowns here in Sydney, obviously, as a result of the coronavirus. Um, And then we, you know, there was no live music for like eight months. We couldn't play shows because everything was shut. And then when... Sorry, Jason, I just want to interrupt you there. You didn't have live music for eight months. We haven't had it for two years. So don't sit there and say, (laughs) feel sorry, all right? <laughs> yeah. right, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> um, so then, when, when shows started up again, um, they were we were allowed to do shows, but everyone had to be seated. Um, you know, there was no singing. Not that anyone sings along anyway. But anyway, <laughs> it, was, it was weird. So we got asked to do by a promoter. We got asked to do um, a couple of shows in the style that we'd never done before. So he wanted. Um, and I guess it was a sign of the times with the coronavirus as well. We were to do two one-hour sets, one at six pm and one at nine pm. And we've like never done, we've we've never done a one-hour set in our eleven years of being a band. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're like, fuck! How do we play an hour? Um, and what? So look, it was great. People had a great time. We enjoyed it. Fuck it, it was it was tough. But what it, what it kind of I was just like, you know, an hour is a long time to have a dude yelling at you and guitars, bass and drums just fucking pummeling you. You know, it's not it's not like Iron Maiden where you where it's you know, it's gallopy and you've got the full show and you know, those guys are showmen, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's a thing and it's you know, we're just a band that's trying to cave your skull in, right? Um, and to have that for an hour, <laughs> no, is a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, I, as a band, I love playing half-hour sets. Yeah. Maybe 40 minutes if we headline, whatever. Um, and I, I just think, you know, that translates to me to a, a format of releases, which is an EP, um, you know, probably five songs max. When you start to talk about um, five, six, seven, eight-minute songs, you know, let's just keep it short and sharp. I'd rather... I'd rather put something out and have people wanting more than get yeah. something out and people turning it off halfway through. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've just, I've, I've just got this image now of um, 
a Yanomomo show with um, everyone sitting down like in a theatre and someone coming out on stage and going, ladies and gentlemen, please open the stage, Yanomomo. And everyone sat down like champagne flutes and just going like, yeah, well played. <laughs> we did that first cordon all the champagne. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and just everyone gets up. I think we're in the wrong venue, dear. Yeah, Let's move yeah, that was a funny experience. But, you know, again, as I said before, you know, for me, it's all about the experience. Just having done that is another tick in a box, right? It's like, you know, yeah, we did two one-hour sets in a night. And it was, will we do it again? Probably not, but we did it, you know. Yeah, credit to you. Um, listen, before we head off, I just have uh, one question which I like to ask all of our guests and put them on the spot a bit. Mm-hmm. Any bands from the UK or Europe that you're really enjoying at the moment that people may not have heard of or may have heard of? Yeah. Um, when I think of when I think of UK, it's always Iron Monkey for me. You know, and that's... Uh, Fuck, Iron Monkey. Um, but again, you know, we talked about it before when we before we came on. Slimatics from uh, Belfast, um, a band I've always always admired, and to me, kind of held up. Uh, and you know, we toured Australia with Conan the first time they came out, and um, John told me about Slimatics and said, you know, if it wasn't for Slimatics, Conan would not exist. Um, wow. He said everything, every, you know, I heard Slimatics and I wanted to be in Slimatics, so I started Conan. Um, That's high then, praise indeed. Yeah, so and then I went, so he um, he went back to the UK after the tour and, and he spoke to the guys in Slimatics and one day I'm sitting down, my phone buzzes and a message from David from Slimatics and I'm just like, what the fuck? And he's like, hey, I was just chatting to John from Conan and he, he kind of recommended you guys after he toured with you and just wanted to let you know I, I really dig what you do. And I'm like, holy fuck, man. I'm like, it's wild. Like, you know, to get a message like that from someone that you've been listening to for 10, 15 years and really admire and all this sort of stuff. And David and I have been in touch now. You know, we talk all the time online. You know, we geek out on gear and shit. And I talk to him about, you know, we talk about our mad amps and what pedals he's using at the moment and all this sort of stuff. So, you know, that, that split that we did with him just came about, I was just like, fuck, I, you know, we want to do a split. And I was trying to think of who to do it with. And I was like, maybe I should just ask David, you know, they'd probably say no because, you know, they're a much bigger band or whatever. And I asked him and he's straight on the spot. He just goes, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. That's fucking like, oh, fuck, Really? Really? Are you serious? You're fucking with me? He's like, no, 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 let's do it. Um, so yeah, for me, that's a again, it's an experience, a highlight of someone that you really admire, sort of admiring what you do, and um, yeah, it blew me away. So back to your original question, um, Iron Monkey, but definitely Slowmatics. Like I would say to anyone that hasn't heard Slowmatics, fuck, get on that. Amazing stuff, like such a unique band, highly influential. As I said, the whole Conan thing. Um, Boss Keloid? Yes. Uh, fuck, what a band, seriously. Their latest album was number, I think it was number two on my end of year list. I, I spoke to, um, oh, what's his name? Steve the Drummer. Very nice right. guy. Yeah. And uh, they're a wicked band. 
Yeah, it's so good. I mean, you know, I've, and you mentioned them before, like Raging Speedhorn, obviously. Um, another UK band from Nottingham that I absolutely adore is Moloch. Oh, yeah. M-O-L-O-C-H. Um, yeah. You know, just just depressing, grimy sludge, the best you'll ever hear anyone do it. They remind me a lot of a band from New Zealand that don't exist anymore called Meth Drinker. Um <laughs> What a name! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the same thing, you know. There's, it, it, it's just this, you know. They do their release, and it's just half an hour of bleak, awful. You know, you, you know, when you've turned it off, you want to go outside and stand in the sunshine for a while just to re-energize yourself. <laughs> but you know, they're just just masters of what they do. Um, yeah. Well, I've got two bands that I'm going to throw at you as this is our yep. 21st century uh, tape trading sort of uh, thing. So there's two bands. One of them, uh, they're called Still, S-T-I-L-L. Yeah. And I'm, right, I'm writing this al- down. Good man, good man. The album title is um, The Two Curly Brackets. Do you know? Uh, I'll type yeah. in the chat. Yeah. But um, otherwise, you will not find it. Uh, so I've just typed in the chat there. Hopefully, you can see that. Ah, uh, um, yep, yep. And the other band, I don't know if you've heard of them before, they're called Conjurer. Conjurer, I have heard of them. I haven't heard them. And their um, their last album, oh, what was it called? Maya is 100% recommended for you to listen to that because that has got everything mixed into it. So there's two bands for you, Jason. Awesome. You've given me Beast All Wars, right. Sundown, Slowmatics. I'm going to check those guys out today at some point. All um, right. Can I can I give you a couple more to check out Australian bands? Please, are these right. on uh, the Amium label by any chance? No, 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 no. These, no. these are just these are just fucking great bands that we play with. Um, oh. Sumeru, S U M E R U, E R U. Yep. Uh, Potion. Yep. Uh, Mountain Wizard Death Cult. Great name. <laughs> Mountain Wizard Death Cult, yeah. Yeah, so, so they do kind of an Armin Ra black metal kind of thing, so I think you might Ooh. dig it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who else we got? Burial Pit you're aware of, Hard or More you're aware of. Yeah, leaving it there for now. I oh, like I've got a Listen. list of like <laughs> Perfect, because we'll talk about what um my Australian feature idea is going to be about after we finish this recording. But listen, I mean, it's been an hour. We've been chatting. We've, we've talked loads. It's been a great chatting to you. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm loving, loving speaking to uh, you Australian guys. It's a, uh, it's great fun. Um, even though I have to be up mega early, you guys are probably about <laughs> to start drinking now. Uh, no, I joke. I joke. I, I've, I've two kids. I've been up since about six anyway. So, oh. um, no, but it's been Jason. Thanks very much for reaching out and uh, chatting to me. Um, no, I appreciate it, man. Best luck with Yano, Yano Mo, your band, <laughs> <laughs> and Iomium, your record label. Um, no, it's been great, and um, th- we'll definitely talk again soon. Yep. Uh, in the meantime, like best of luck with the new material. If you want to send me over any demos, you want me to add some uh, yeah. some screams or something like that, I'll be happy to be a <laughs> guest spot. <laughs> <laughs> or I can just have my two kids screaming in the background, which would uh, add to that atmosphere. Well. Something like that. But no, seriously, um, listen, Jason, thanks so much, man. It's been a blast talking to you and uh, yeah. enjoy the rest of your 
uh, Saturday evening. And of course, best of luck um, with the band in in uh, 2022 and for the future. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Cheers, Jason. Talk to you soon. Bye.